0: Hey, what's up everybody? I'm so delighted that you're joining us. This is the very last uh, installment on our series, The Gift of Curiosity. I have so enjoyed teaching it. And today, uh, let me first say that if you have not had an opportunity to hear the first two messages, please go to our website. It's going to be worth your while to check out these first two messages. Now, today I want to frame this last message inside of a question. Would you like to dot, dot, dot. Would you like to what is the question? Well, lean in and let's listen together and learn together. All right. The Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. John was a close, close companion of Jesus, was with him all the way up to his crucifixion. And on the other side of the resurrection, was with him all the way till his ascension. So he writes this remarkable book, the Gospel of John, to make the case. I know who Jesus is, is what he was saying. And all of us should get to know him, too. We ought to be curious. Let's read the text. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda. With five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Now, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to? There it is. Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat. And walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. There is the reading. May God bless this time together. If you've been tracking with us over the course of the last few weeks, you know that I've made the point again and again and again that God has designed into each of our lives the gifts of curiosity this notion that we are shaped in such a way that we are supposed to ask questions. Not only is he designed into our lives the gift of curiosity, but he has designed into us the capacity, as I talked about last week, to wonder, to wonder, to ask questions like, what if? And it's the ability to ask these questions, what if, what if, that allows us to imagine, that actually moves us into Experiences of wonder that it facilitates the awe stricken moments of our lives, drives us into those seasons that we call wonderful. Hmm. Just think about it. This notion of what if is at the heart of all of the innovations that continue to give shape to our current world. Because somebody said, What if we now have electricity? Because somebody said, What if? The internet was born. The cell phone came about because somebody said, what if penicillin was ultimately uh, discovered along with other life-saving medications because somebody said, what if we're driving electric cars? And the list goes on and on. You see, God shaped us in such a way, and he's driving the innovation of the world in which you and I live in because he built us to ask the question, to wonder, what if? To be curious, to question. He also gave us that gift because it is the power of that gift that drives us to God. It's the power of the capacity to wonder the way he shaped us, that that, that even for those of us who consider ourselves irreligious, for those of us who consider uh, ourselves as, you know, every now and then churchgoers, we all have that power, right, that drives us to ask what ifs. The, the curiosity that is at the very heart of the transformation that he wants to do in our lives that drives us to God, that drives us deeper into meaning. I mean, somewhere bubbling in your life and in your heart, I'm sure you've asked, what if there's a good? What if my life is not random? What if there's more to life than simply the physical and matter? And material, what if I was made for greater? What if? Can you say what if? Here's the question. What happens when your curiosity and wonder dies? You see, the pain of life and the problems of life and the challenges of life, all of those things have a way of conspiring to literally beat to death, curiosity and wonder in our life. That's the context for the story that we just read a few moments ago. The larger teaching inside of this moment is Jesus shows up in the city of Jerusalem. It's a high holy day. The city is packed with people who are there to worship and to celebrate this high holy Jewish day. Just as you enter the city, there's Five porches there, and on these five porches is a crowd. Can you say crowd? The text says crowds of people, actually, who are ill. Some are lame, some are paralyzed, some are blind. They're there. And between those porches uh, and, and this water system, which is called Bethesda, which essentially means the place of mercy, is this fella who has been uh, disabled, unable to walk, for 38 years. And he's lying somewhere there. And the legend of the era of that time. Was that every now and then. An angel would show up and trouble the water. Or the water would bubble. And the first one who kind of steps into the water. Uh, uh, they would be healed. For 38 years. <laughs> it hoped that that would be him. As a Matter of fact. At this point. He no longer hoped. His curiosity was dead. His wonder was dead. And then Jesus shows up. Verse 6 says this, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill, here it is, for a long time. He knew he was a candidate for this remarkable miracle. He, he knew he had been ill for a long time, long enough for his curiosity to be dead, for his sense of um, wonder to have been destroyed. So the first thing he's got to do, he's got to trigger that curiosity. He's got to trigger that sense of wonder. And so Jesus asked this, one, this unique question, would you like to get would you like to another way of understanding this question that jesus is asking is this would you like to experience a unique move of god in your life would you like to experience a miracle because in order for this fellow who's been lame for 38 years to walk it would require a miracle do you want a miracle Do you want a unique and special move of God that would take you deeper into meaning, that would transform how you understand yourself and your place in the world, might even transform your sense of purpose? And the guy's answer is, I can't. I can't, sir, he says. (laughs) You know, I have no one, and he gives the reason. He talks about, I have no one to put me in, you know. Every time I try to get in, somebody steps in in front of me. So it goes on and on. I can't. It's almost as though Jesus is saying, "I, I didn't ask you what you could do. I asked you, do you want to? Do you want to experience the move of God? Do you want, do you desire, can you imagine, do you want to be well? And his answer was, I can't his curiosity had died. He wasn't even curious enough to ask who's asking me the question. He wasn't even curious enough to say, Hey, tell me your name or uh, why are you asking me this question? It, 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 what's the agenda beneath this question? Is it possible that you might have a miraculous cure or some uh, uh, who are you? What's this all about? He, he was just wonder was dead, curiosity was gone. Locked in, I can't. See, for this guy, his disability limited his capacity. In other words, his disability meant the same thing as inability. That's how he saw his disability. It meant his inability and it drastically affected his sense of purpose next week we're going to kick off our series explore God and the first thing we're going to be talking about is the question does life have a purpose they tell me that when we put this out on the internet that the question that received more attention than anything else was does life have a purpose you're wondering about that now perhaps more than any other time this guy if you had asked him in that moment does your life have a purpose at best he would have said I'm not sure and at worst he would have said I've been stuck here for 38 years now my life has no purpose I'm just existing trapped and defined by his inability you see many of you watching me you may not consider yourself as being a person of having a disability you know I The Reverend Jesse Jackson used to often say that all of us have disabilities and abilities. He used to say some of us have abilities revealed and our disabilities concealed. Others have our disabilities revealed and our abilities concealed. But we all have abilities and disabilities. And yet when you think about your life, maybe you're not blind. Maybe you're not uh, paralyzed or lame as the, the categories of people that was laid here. But I bet you this. I bet you that somewhere in your life you're struggling with an inability, inability. Maybe as you think about your life, it's the inability to break the power of some addiction that's in your life. And you've been struggling with it for years and there's an inability there. Maybe it's the inability to, through your starts and stops to develop a discipline of exercising five days a week and eating well. Maybe it's your inability to actually rise up and be the spouse or the partner or the parent that the people that you love actually need you to be. Maybe it's your inability after years of struggle to control your anger or manage your finances and your spending. But you know what? I'm just wondering, are you wrestling with an inability? And if you're wrestling with an inability, I just want you to hear Jesus says, would you like to? Would you like to experience a unique move of God? And as we wrestle with our inabilities, it generates for us questions. And might you hear Jesus says, come on now, participate in our Explore God effort that I'm doing through tons of churches across the bay. Come on now, because I've got a unique move waiting for you. But you've got to be curious. You've got to restore that sense of Wonder, what if? you got to be careful about how inability limits you. You've got to be careful about how your sense of inability locks you into this place of I can't. I remember what it was like to be locked in the place of I can't. My elementary days in school, when school was an elementary student and a middle school student, first year or two in high school, my life was all defined by I can't. You know, I couldn't sit still in my seat, my ADHD, right? I, I couldn't focus and concentrate uh, for long periods of time on my study. I, I, I couldn't stay out of trouble, always being sent to the principal office, kicked out of the class. I couldn't do the work of sophisticated math that was put in front of me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't that define my sense of value and purpose. I couldn't. Had you asked me back then, uh, uh, do you think you'll be able to navigate the academics enough to get out of high school and go to college, to go to grad school, maybe even end up teaching at Harvard Divinity School? My answer would be, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I can tell you, the only reason I'm here today is that the same Jesus who showed up and asked this guy, do you want to? It's the same Jesus who showed up in my life and said, do you want to experience a move that, that is defined by his remarkable love and grace and supernatural power? And I found myself saying yes. And I'm a witness here today. I am a witness that when you're able to say yes to Jesus, he can turn your I can't into I can. I can. Now, when you look closer at the text, you begin to grapple with, there are some things that are in our lives, if we're not careful, that are designed to be curiosity wonder killers. Let me move through some examples very quickly. Look at the text number one. We discovered that this guy who Jesus is talking to, his environment was a curiosity wonder killer. Notice what the text says. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. They laid on porches. They surrounded him. Then when he looked around him, all he saw was people just like him, uh, sharing in the same situation for years, years upon years upon years, nothing had changed. No healing has come. No deliverance has come. His environment told him nothing will change. His environment told him, it's okay. You're right. I can't. It killed the sense of curiosity and one stopped him from wondering, what if? Maybe there's somebody here everybody in your household and your family around you nobody's going to college and you've interpreted that as your environment saying you can't oh if god could just trigger in you some curiosity to say what if what if I'm designated by God to be the first one in my household, in my family to actually go to college? And what if the sacrifices that those who are behind me and those who are sharing life with me is all about creating the platform for me to actually be the first to go to college? What if, what if, what if I say yes to a Jesus who's saying, do you want to experience a special move of God? And then for others, it's our experience that reinforces in us, I can't. Notice the text says that this guy had been uh, sick for 38 years. You might imagine that for the first 10 years, he was trying to get up and falling. Maybe he was trying to get to the pool. And as he said, it was often disrupted and interrupted. It just came a time where he just resigned to the circumstances. He just gave up he just stopped wondering about what would it be like what if this is the moment for me to start he just gave up on that his experience told him his failures told him his inabilities over repeatedly over time over time told him i can't what failures in your life are telling you you can't you know in modern psychology they have two terms that talks about two different mindsets One mindset is simply called the fixed mindset. The other is called uh, the growth mindset. And uh, the distinction really comes in at how uh, people deal with failure. If you have a fixed mindset and you encounter failure, maybe it's once, maybe it's twice, you conclude that the failure is the evidence that you are a failure. It's the proof that you can't. You resign yourself. You give up. You take your hands off. Just say, I can't. You surrender to the circumstances. If you have a growth mindset, the psychiatrists tell us, that when you run into failure, you see failure as an opportunity to learn. The curiosity gets rolling, right? You begin to wonder, what if I try it this way? What if I do it this way? What if, I, what, if, what, if, what, if, what if I imagine a different route in? What is it that I might learn that will change my approach? And you see the failure as an opportunity to learn. And you try it again. And if you fail again, you see it as an opportunity to continue to make adjustments until you succeed. Somebody was celebrating Thomas Addison. He said, man, what is it like to have the breakthrough to discover the, the light bulb? He said, well, that success came after hundreds of failures. But with each failure, he kept wondering, what if I tried this way? Wow. Do you have a growth mindset or do you have a fixed mindset that simply says, I can? not That's what this guy was. He had a fixed mindset. It said, I can't. And then ultimately that impacts our expectations. Notice what the text says. When Jesus saw him. He knew he had been heal, ill for a long time. He knew that this is affected, it killed his curiosity, it killed his sense of wonder. <laughs> he knew that that it that that, that it was it had locked him into this place of inability, this notion of I can't, but but he made the decision, Jesus did, that I'm 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 gonna step into this. I'm gonna give him a, an opportunity of a lifetime, <laughs> my goodness. And so and so he raises the question, would you like to get well? He says. But the man's expectation was limited. Actually, it was gone. They were gone. There was no expectation. He just said, I can't. How are your expectations holding you back from what God has for you? You know, one of my staff members shared a story a couple of days ago. Her and her husband have agreed to be uh, discussion group leaders for an Explore God group. And a husband took the lead to reach out to. They made a list of about five, six people that they wanted to reach out to and ask. And a husband took the lead to send texts and text them and send the questions. And he was pretty convinced that, you know, they probably said, no, I don't want to do this with you guys. Seven weeks meeting with you guys week after week to discuss the questions and showing up in church uh, at an in-person gathering or doing it virtually. He just assumed that his friends would be like, "Ah, I'm not into that. When he sent them the questions He was shocked. His expectations were defied. They said yes. He had said to them, guys, we can just do this for maybe like 30 minutes. And one of the family members who were invited texted back and said, no, 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 we need to do it at least an hour. Get our minds warmed up around these questions. We're in. Wow. How are your expectations holding you back? How are your expectations keeping you from experiencing the move that God wants to do in your life, in your house, in your family? How are your expectations, your experiences, your environment reinforcing the notion that I can't in your life? Well, how do I recover from having my curiosity killed? How do I recover from having my sense of wonder destroyed? Well, three things have to happen. The first is you've got to position yourself so that you can revive your sense of curiosity and wonder. This is what Jesus is doing when he starts off with this very provocative question. You know, the King James version of this is, do you want to be made whole? That's the King James rendering of that same verse, right? The, do you want to get, well, do you want to be made whole? And you can imagine this guy, he, you know, this, the, he, he begins to wonder, and his first wondering is negative. If, 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 if I respond to what Jesus says next, and you know what Jesus says next, right, is, is get up. Take up your, get up. Take up your mat and walk. You can imagine this guy thinking, well, if I try to do that and fall, people are going to laugh at me. But then he thinks, but what if? So the first is, what if I try and fall and I don't succeed? It's going to reinforce failure. What if I try and fall and people will be laughing at me and I look like a fool because all of this is out in public and people are paying attention. But then he thinks, but what if this is a moment of a lifetime? What if this is really the breakthrough moment and I miss it? Curiosity is reactivated. Secondly, you've got to make up your mind and respond with faith. And thirdly, you got to reach for wonder. you got to reach for that thing that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna cause you to step back and, and have a kind of a, wow, I can't believe this happened to me. And this is what I'm suggesting that these Explore God discussion groups are all about, that you would dare to reach out to a friend or to friends and join us starting next week and take this journey with us. You're reaching for wonder. You're wondering whether or not Jesus will show up, whether or, not, whether or not you will be totally shocked as you walk through the doorway of the questions that you have. Hmm. So Jesus says, Notice the text. It says, Jesus told him. I don't know the sound of what it was, but there was something about how Jesus told him that triggered in him a sense of wonder. There was something about how Jesus told him that caused him to say, you know what? I'm going to try to exercise faith. I've been saying for the last several weeks, your faith will never grow until you do something that requires faith. And here he had in front of him an opportunity to do something that would require faith to try to stand up to reach for the wonder. There was something, he didn't know who Jesus was, but there was something in how Jesus said to him, told him, stand up, that ricocheted in his body, in his mind, stabbed awake his sense of wonder, You can begin to see him for some reason or another. The the what if caused him to begin to try to struggle to his feet. And when, when when he did his part, which was to engage his effort, engage his faith, lean into his curiosity, Jesus did his part and added the improbable, the impossible, his supernatural power. And the man stands up and the text says instantly there is a move of God. And his life has changed. His life has changed. Now, can I come back to this point? The guy didn't even know who Jesus was. The next thing he looks around, Jesus has disappeared. We know this because a few verses later, the the Jewish leader said, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath day? And he said, well, the guy who healed me told me to carry my mat. They said, what's his name? He said, I don't really know his name. And then a few verses later, Jesus finds him, gives him some more instructions. And he, that's when he discovers this is Jesus. Now, this is a fascinating insight, right? This this is notion that Jesus has this, this capacity to move in and out. What love. Come on. What what, what, a, what a blessing to move. This guy is not a Christian. This guy is not a disciple. Come on. And yet he experiences this miracle. And Jesus moves in and moves out. Kind of incognito. Would that not beg the question? Is it possible that Jesus has been moving in and out of your life over the years, long before you thought about church, being a Christian, praying, scripture quoting, any of that kind of stuff? Of course, you may say, "I'm irreligious. I'm just watching this because my friend asked me to watch it." But I'm suggesting to you: now, you may not know who Jesus is, so you, I'm suggesting you just come on and walk with us. Starting next week, but 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 it's possible because because of who Jesus is. Come on now, that he has this ability to move in and out working miracles in your life. And because we don't know it's him, we give the credit to the universe or to some unnamed spiritual power or to the doctor or to whatever the case is. We give all the credit to some other source. Who's was Jesus. Now here's the question. So this guy got here. What happened to those other people? The crowds of folk who are blind and lame and paralyzed. They see this. They seem to be left. And here's, here's the larger point that John is making as he writes and shares his story. That This man's miracle was not just for this man. It was so that those who experienced it as he shared the story. That it would generate their curiosity. They will begin to wonder what if I could meet Jesus? What if I could get to know this Jesus? And actually, who is this Jesus? And when we open ourselves up and begin to move towards Jesus with those kinds of questions, come on now, we, we, we open ourselves up to, to God's supernatural move in our lives. And sometimes uh, that supernatural move results in him removing from us an inability. And on other occasions, that supernatural move results in him moving through our lives miraculously despite the inability, you some of you may have heard of bethany hamilton she uh, at 13 years old she was this remarkable surfer on her way to becoming a champion she was on her surfboard a shark came out of nowhere a shark came out of nowhere took off her entire arm up to the shoulder she lost 60 percent of her blood people told her that your days of surfing are over but bethany was a powerful and is an extraordinary Christian. She had no answers for the question, why did this happen and all of that. She just knew that she was going to focus on the future, and she could do all things through Christ who strengthened her. They designed a special board with one arm. She relearned how to surf, and she became a teenage surfing champion and then a young adult surfing champion. changed the world with one arm. Oh, you know about Mr. FDR? Uh, roosevelt polio struck him at a young age and yet his inability to walk did not stop him from becoming president of the united states come on you know by stevie wonder at five years of age he lost his sight and yet his inability to see did not stop him from leaning into his purpose and becoming a revolutionary vocalist and musician of all times Sometime God will move in your life and he will resolve the inability. And on other occasions, he will move in your life and do great things through you despite the inability. And it all begins with your daring to respond to the question, hmm. do you want to experience a move? And one of the way. Who is this Jesus? I pray that your wonder and your curiosity will connect you with us next week as we launch into this new series and that you too will have your own breakthrough moment with God and with Jesus. Go to our website. No matter where you live in the world, we encourage you to just sign up and say, I'm going to be a small group leader. It may just be you and another friend. Agree to connect to a, or maybe you and five or six others have the courage to ask. It's up to them and God if they respond. You'll meet once a week somewhere at your, you guys are choosing for your discussion and show up online to hear what I have to say each week about these different questions. And I'm believing that God's going to do something super special in your life and your friend's life and our lives. Amen. And amen.